right. Uh, my name is Balamber, and this is our podcast for Mr. Sharp's Frankenstein uh, thing. I'm Justin. I'm Sarah. And I'm Caitlin. And um, we're going to be doing four different sections um, with four different questions about um, Frankenstein. All right, so to start off with the first question, um, discuss Victor's sense of self and responsibility for his actions. Be sure to discuss from the beginning of the book until chapter 14. Okay. So, All right. So whoever wants to answer that, go ahead. I can start. Um, well, I think at first he seemed kind of like egotistical almost. So he didn't really seem like the type of person that would take, you know, responsibility for his actions. But then, you know, we kind of see him, like, make the monster, and then he realizes, like, oh, crap, we're in this situation, and it's my fault. But instead of trying to solve it, I feel like he just kind of runs away and, like, decides to not try and help at all. Yeah, I agree. I think at the beginning, he was looking, like, at a very small scope, which I think a lot of us do at life, and he was just kind of looking at himself. And then when he realized, like, especially during the later chapters, when it was, like, affecting the people he loved and cared about, I think it really changed his like perspective and even though he didn't like make like I agree with you how he didn't make stuff to like actively change it I think he's he changed his like mindset though but we haven't seen like the action he has taken yet like in the story I think yeah I I also agree with that I feel like he's made he's like done all these actions about like going to college and like creating this monster and all these different things he's done and like he hasn't really uh he hasn't really caught it out like in the long run he saw the short run like how it'll affect him like tomorrow or the day after but he hasn't really thought about it like months ahead or even years ahead yeah of, like how what he does now will affect him years down the road i also um think that he doesn't think about like the consequences of his actions and he also, yeah, it seems like well. he doesn't really care about many other people other than himself. Like, yeah, I, I think he kind of lost this, like the scope of other people and other how other people have problems and responsibilities and things like that. And I think he kind of lost that scope once he got into college and then was in that, like, he was by himself for one year. Oh, yeah, he, his, like, two-year isolation. Yeah, I think that had a big impact, definitely. I feel like we all, like, if we're all, I I was alone for, like, two years. I don't know what would happen. Yeah, that definitely, like, stunts you emotionally to where you don't really care about things as much as you used to because you're just more worried about yourself. He wasn't even outside either. Like, he couldn't even do, like, a sport or have fun. It was just kind of, like... He would do the same thing every day. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a different thing he was doing. He was focusing on the same thing, though. Yeah, like, he's... I don't know, that just... He's so, definitely, like, a workaholic, which really is not good for him. So I can see why he became very, like, isolated yeah. almost and, like, very self-centered. Because you're only by yourself, so you're not really worried about what other people are thinking. Because, you know, if you're in a room by yourself for two years, you're not going to be too concerned about, like, what's going on and yeah. how other people would feel. Yeah. And he doesn't really know what's happening around him as well. Like, he doesn't yeah. know news around, like, news in the town, in the city, in the country, or in other countries either. 
Yeah, I think like that, like isolation contributed to like his inaction when the monster yeah. like supposedly killed William. And then, and then it's, just just like, got... it's just like us during this like COVID period, a bunch of people had all these like uh, mental issues and depression mm -hmm. went up and things like that during this COVID period. And we still had our families next to us and we still had phones and things like that. Just imagine what he went through because he had no phone, no people, no news, no anything. Just yeah. Him. I just can't imagine how much that would stunt you emotionally because it's just like, he doesn't, I don't know, it's just, I keep bringing this up, but he just didn't have to think about anyone for two years. And so, as soon as he goes back to worrying about, oh, crap, this monster's gonna have an effect on people, he's really only concerned about how it's gonna hurt him, you know? So he runs away, yeah. doesn't even yeah. try and deal with the problems that he caused, and then, you know, proceeded to just ha basically allow it to kill people. But he just didn't yeah. think yeah. about that. He doesn't think about anyone anymore. Yeah, I completely agree with that, because I feel like that's how you, like, develop as a character, or even as a person, like, especially if you look at other novels and stuff, it's like, what happened, like, what ha happened, and then what affected other people, what affected yourself, like, what affected society, like, those different, like, conflicts are really what builds a character and, like, allows them to develop, so kind of, like, this period of ice, where it's, like, the only thing that's affecting is himself, it's, like, you're losing a lot of different other things that could affect, you know, and help him grow and develop as a character. Yeah, and when I was reading it, I was like, wow, he's, like, a really selfish character. But then I realized that's exactly how he would act if he didn't have to worry about anyone ever, mm -hmm. basically for two years. So it kind of just created this selfishness that, you know... Yeah, like, yeah, like that personality just started building more and more, like, over his isolation. And yeah, eventually, yeah. I don't think he, like, started as that, but definitely over time it had to have developed slowly but surely because, yeah, it's you're just like so used to your isolation. Huh? The little things every day, like, added up. Oh, yeah, they definitely add up over of... time. It's it's just weird to think oh, about, yeah. I guess, because it's, like, almost like, yeah, with COVID. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of similarities, but, like, yeah, just, like, isolation can do many different things for many different people. Um, and it, it's like, the one's the new topic. Yeah, I think we should. Okay. Um. So on to number two. So we've got um. It's about nature's role in the section of reading. Discuss the poem and how the speaker of the poem compares and contrasts with Victor and the creature. Based on your own experience, how do you agree or disagree with the speaker? Just to clarify, this is the Wordsworth poem that we did yesterday, right? I believe yeah. so. I'm pretty okay. sure it is. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, I think that, oh, go ahead, Belamba. I, I was just going to say that, um, like, the speaker's tone uh, in the poem, like, really uh, is, like, similar to how Victor acts in nature. It's like, the yeah. poem is, um, like, kind of, glor not glorifying, I don't know what the word is, but just kind of making seem nature like it's above everything else, and that... Um, it can just heal everything. I think we see that with Victor uh, when he like goes out in nature and he recovers from his like emotional breakdowns or whatever he has. Yeah, I feel like the speaker has that tone of like nature is a is a nice like type of uh, friendly thing compared to like books and stuff, which can only like give you quote unquote so, like can only teach you so much. Yeah, because I feel like. I, um, sorry, I, um, totally agree with what you're saying there. It's just, you know, the speaker, def in the Wordsworth poem, at least, um, it's definitely, 
I think I definitely, you know, can see the, oh, they're, they very much believe in nature and not really in books. And I think there's things you can learn from both, you know, from being outside, but also from reading. And um, it seemed like nature was really glorified in this almost and like shown as like the main teacher. When in reality, I think we can learn from both um, books and nature. And I think that Victor is the type of book learning person. Well, obviously the monster is on his own. So he's definitely like the type that learns from nature. Because, you know, he was yeah. wandering around the forest aimlessly, so... Well, yeah, the creature yeah. didn't know anything once he was born. He was just kind of like this big monster, and he didn't know anything. Yeah, because he was just, like, like, created and abandoned to learn for himself, so... Yeah. And just I feel just... like... Go ahead. All right, uh, I feel like that uh, the tone of the, spe- of the speaker of the poem is making the claim that, like, nature can teach you many things, and, like, it'll create many different experiences for you. And I feel like that was right with uh, with the creature because he learned everything through experience. Yeah, I agree. I think it also was like how I interpreted it was almost like 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 nature didn't have anything to learn from us, but like humans had everything to learn from nature, and almost like we need nature, and that like ha- like it really did like as you said glorify it. And I think that's very similar to like the creature too because like he was like dependent almost on like the rest of the world because he didn't know anything. So it wasn't coming from a place of knowledge. He was coming from more of like seeking knowledge. So I think that's kind of like what the poem in a way was also saying, was just like you can seek knowledge from nature and like it can provide for you kind of. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like a huge contrast that like is really highlighted when you compare the poem and Frankenstein. So like the poem is like more kind of like the monster how you have to learn from nature and like books and studying is kind of just worthless and then also we see like the contrast which is victor how he was like completely towards books and that's pretty much how he got his knowledge like he was almost addicted to learning about mm-hmm. books so yeah. i thought that contrast was pretty interesting yeah, yeah we could tell that um or not yeah victor frankenstein he was like obsessed with the concept of alchemy and like just if he was just so into it and while he obviously learned a lot from that there was also more that he could have learned if he had you know been out in nature because he isolated himself for two years so i feel like well with nature there's a lot you can learn because you know you can find interesting new creatures or cures to diseases or any of that stuff you know and i think that he kind of just sunk his time into things that are artificial which is fine but clearly it created this monster at the end so perhaps his yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, the like the perspective how nature like helps people, but like books can also help you learn stuff. I feel like there needs to be a balance because you can see from the creature he's all nature, and he doesn't really know everything. And then there's Victor; he knows a lot of stuff from books, but he doesn't know a lot through like through like real experiences. So you can see the extreme side of both, like of the creature uh, contrasted with Victor. And mm-hmm. I feel like that can really show the difference or balance that there needs to be or yeah, else that's... either one or the other happens. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. I like that. I think <laughs> that the nature learning made Frankenstein, you know, other than the murder part, it made him like a very gentle creature almost because, you know, he was trying to communicate with people at the end. Um, but I think that um, Victor didn't have that many... Like, I wouldn't, I would say he doesn't have street smarts, you know, he was very socially awkward. He wasn't good at communication. And I think that's just because he didn't really, 
like, dedicate his time to actually trying to relate and also, you know, the whole, oh, nature is your teacher type of thing. Mm -hmm. Right, like, he became too dependent on books and just didn't really take the time to find the knowledge that you can go out in nature and just, you know, learn from it. Um, so me and Sarah have to go now. Um, thank you. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Thank you, guys. Adios. Bye. Bye. All right. Um, so I guess we're moving on to the next topic without them. Yeah. Um, since they yeah. have to leave. So the next question is, how does Victor approach his studies at the University of Ingolstadt? How does this approach differ from your approach to your studies? How does Victor choose a mentor? Do you have a mentor? And how would studies be different if your mentoring situations were different? So uh, I kind of, we kind of touched on this a little bit, how he was just too addicted to learning. And it even says it in the book that he just became absolutely like, uh addicted i guess you can say to just <laughs> finding everything out that he can about like alchemy and chemistry and obviously he had his uh, teachers to help him and i think he just became too much invested or too invested in books and it just really took an impact on his like social skills and personality yeah and then we also heard about the teacher who obviously disagreed with him on alchemy and it just completely like it, it just really, like, broke him in a way, you know? Yeah. And I don't think that he can handle that sort of rejection as a person. And I think that he really can only get along with people who are, like, the exact same as him, which, you know, is another problem because then you can't really communicate. So right. um, I think that Victor really only chose his mentor because, like, um, his teacher, because he had the same interest and, like, had the same exact ideas as him. But I don't really think that he should have gone for this mentor because he really needed to, like, learn something new instead of just investing all of his time and all of his, like, mental energy into the same topic. Right. I think that's where also the other teacher comes into play because uh, if I remember correctly, the other teacher, like, uh, sort kind of, like, um, not forced, but just wanted Victor to use his way of thinking in other studies, which I think was math and chemistry maybe one more mm-hmm. and i think that's like with kremp which is the first teacher and then the other teacher i think that's a good balance because kremp is more uh like uh, study like wants him to study more on one subject but the other teacher wants him to study like use that use that area of study in other branches yeah because i think he could have used that as like a um jumping off point to where he can you know start into other things but instead he chose a mentor who was exactly like him and then um so i think we're pretty much done with that but we can talk about you know do we have a mentor and if you if you how would your studies be different if your mentoring situation were different i don't really have a mentor it's mostly just like you know my teachers um yeah that's that's pretty much the same with me i mean like i don't have a tutor or anything like that but i guess i can say my parents were kind of my mentor oh yeah like they taught me like these life skills that would be important later in the future and that really helped me um and it will probably help me later on yeah so sorry yeah yeah it's fine go ahead okay so i was gonna say yeah um it kind of makes sense you know your parents are the ones who taught you social skills so if you had like neglectful parents then your mentoring situation would be like and your life would be completely different because you know you wouldn't have learned that skill 
And I think we get a lot of our interests from our parents and a lot of, you know, we figure out what we want to pursue in life from our parents. So I think if we had parents that didn't, you know, talk to us about those kinds of things, we probably would have been in a completely different situation right now. Yeah, I I have to 100% agree with that. Yeah, I just think that mentors are important, especially to young children, because you kind of, well, parents especially, like, really rub off on their children. So, you know, you see a lot of parents who, like, whatever the parent says, the kid says, or whatever the parent's into, the kid is into, it's just because you're kind of raised that way to, like, okay. oh, you know, my parents do this, so I do that. So as long as your parents are, like, raising you well, I think that, um, I think that um, it's just, that's going to influence you and make you a good person. But I think if, if my mentoring situation were different, so if I'd been raised with less supportive parents, then I probably would have been looking into other college options instead of just um, film as a whole. Because, you know, they were the ones supportive about it, and they were the ones that were, like, encouraging me to get into the things that I were interested into. Right, same here. Like, if my parents, like, didn't raise me how they raised me, I have, I have no clue where I'd be right now. Um probably pursuing a completely different career path than what I'm interested in. And I don't know. It's kind of hard to think about just the what ifs and like, how would your life be different if you didn't have those role models to guide you? For sure. And I think that we kind of see that a lot in other cultures where, you know, parents often um, convince their children to pursue more lucrative careers, like being doctors. But, you know, I think that having those careers forced on you probably makes for an unhappy life. Um, And you're just not really, like, fulfilled feeling. So, I mean, money isn't everything when it comes to those sort of things either. Yeah, that's true. And then, um, finally, I guess we can move on. Um, Since we're currently at 17 minutes, we can go on to the last one, which is, how does this portion of the reading develop what the creature or develop the creature as a character, what does it suggest about how it me- what it means to be human? Uh, so I think we really get a good look. Like, at first, we're, like, kind of shown that this creature is, like, really bad by obviously committing these, like, pretty bad crimes, uh, supposedly. But when we actually take a look into his life and how he had to survive, like, off the land, we kind of really have to sympathize with him and just because he grew up without no guidance or no role model. Um, and he just kind of had to learn by himself, and that was really tough. I mean, if I were put in that situation, that'd be really, really tough. Yeah, I think that the creature was really just put into the deep end of life. of just like, okay, you're born, go fend for yourself now. Um, so I think that we realized, okay, well, he kind of went for, you know, automatically, okay, he went to stealing food. Um, but then he realized, hey, that's not, like, morally correct. It has, you know, effects on the people I'm stealing from. So then he learned, that's not okay, and I shouldn't be doing that. So just as people and, like, children learn what's right and wrong, he's also learning what's right and wrong, which is kind of fascinating. Because, you know, a lot of the times we see children only learn what's right and wrong from their parents. So if their parents never, like, scold them about things like stealing or hurting other children, then they continue to do it. But he didn't really need to... um It seems like he didn't really need to, like, hear that from a person. He kind of just, like, got into it. He kind of got into the morals easily. Yeah, like, he's, like, even in the book, it said that he was extremely intelligent, I think. And just, you know, without having that role model that Frankenstein should have been, um, it really just shows that, um, 
like how tough life can be without a very like supportive role model and like a father figure almost yeah or like a mentor yeah like i think what this means to be human is that you know sometimes you just can't do any like you can't do everything by yourself and you're eventually going to need that help or that extra guidance to you know help you push you in that direction yeah um and also he just he just seems like the type of creature to learn very quickly and i can't tell if that's from victor's creation of him you know because victor probably did have some sort of small influence on him but then again he wasn't really like there you know yeah, he was kind of, of just in pieces he, was <laughs> yeah so he kind of just like got put into existence so i was pretty surprised with how he fared for himself as um like as a creature who just got put into the world and yeah. i was surprised that he knew more about morals because i i mean i don't think do humans look i think the question is it kind of adds i guess it yeah it kind of adds the question of well, what, like, are morals, and do we only feel that things are right and wrong because we're taught that way? That's a really good point, actually. Like, it really makes you think, like, where do we get these, like, ideas of what's right and wrong? You yeah, know, like, just, are, like, from an outside source, or is it just truly in us from, like, maybe ancestors or, you know, that kind of stuff? Just yeah. So, like, nice. are us as humans born with moral compasses? I think that... This kind of suggests about people, this, or at least this book, suggests that people are, like, born to be good, almost. And, you know, I think that um, Mary Shelley, like, almost has a lot of faith in the person and, like, in faith in humanity of that, okay, we're, like, we easily learn what's good and what's bad. So I think that she has, like, a lot of faith in humanity as a whole yeah like and she really shows this with the creature like really uh showing like he's willing to learn and he's willing to just uh hurt himself kind of to just be good to other people because we see in the book um when he realizes that taking food from their garden uh, is like hurting the family he just uh puts off eating food and just goes back to like the more primitive like berries and not like full-on food that the family has yeah, so he chooses to risk himself, basically, for everyone else's well-being. And, um, yeah, I think that it kind of surprised me, because when you hear about the creature as a monster, you know, you hear he's evil and stuff. But in the book, you know, he's very caring, almost. He's trying his best to be, you know, gentle and kind. And he's trying to, like, do good when he realizes that, hey, what I was doing was bad and it had a negative effect on people. Right, I think, like... It kind of con- contrasts with Victor because I think the monster or the creature just like looks and like looks ahead compared to Victor where he's only in the short run. And I think the creature just looks ahead and see what might be wrong or what might be good. And he just uh, changes his personality or his actions to just try and accompany and just be as good as possible. Whereas Victor um, just really focuses on himself and just... Uh, you know, just pursues himself in the study and just doesn't really care about other people by isolating himself and just really just hurting himself. Yeah, for sure. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add or should we end it here? We're currently at 23 well, minutes. I, that's pretty much everything that I thought during these, with these questions. Yeah, so. I agree. So I think that um, overall, you know, 
maybe the creature isn't as bad as one would think, you know? Maybe he's not inherently evil. Yeah. And we might, and we like, kind of like get this, like, don't judge a book by its cover, you know? Just oh, the yeah. creature shown to be like this big bad thing. But really, he's just trying to figure himself out in a really big world and a really complex world with no guidance. So mm-hmm. you just kind of can sympathize with him. Yeah. All right, I guess that's the end of our podcast. Um, We will probably be doing another one soon enough, so stay tuned. (laughs) Yeah. All right.